Today on the AF Podcast, I'm joined by Bill Gagne of the World City Hoops Podcast and Anthony Bachelor, the all-time leading scorer in Canadian college basketball history, as we discuss the NBA's play-in tournament. We break down all the matchup scenarios, if the Lakers will win it all realistically from the play-in spot, uh, the heat that's coming from the Warriors, we get into the Phoenix Suns and whether or not they're a true title threat, and if everyone in the East should be afraid of the Miami Heat, and so much more. Uh, plus, I do a little commentary of my own podcast during the podcast, towards the end of the podcast, like like a director's cut. It, it, it's going to make sense later, I, I, I promise you. South Survivor is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hit that like button and that follow button. And always remember that I believe that you're, you're a five-star general listener. So it's only right that you reciprocate that energy in the form of a five-star status right back to me, right? So click on all those stars, please, 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 and thank you. Please, please, please. And check out a new episode of The Stoop called Code of the Sneaks on May 28th. It's a full discussion on the sneakerhead culture. Uh, check that out and subscribe to my YouTube channel at South Shore Ave. Once again, that's on May 28th. And check out SouthShoreAve.com for all of my past work. Once again, that's SouthShoreAve.com. It's the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Let's work. Welcome to the Ave Podcast with Cal C on South Shore Ave Radio. Welcome to the Ave Podcast. Uh, my first guest has his World City Hoops podcast. Um, I've had him on to break down the halfway mark of the NBA season. And in his words, he's ready to spit hot fire like Dylon. Uh, please welcome <laughs> Bill Gagne to the show. <laughs> How you doing today, Thanks sir? for having me. No, I'm good. How are you? No problem. No problem. I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the offline chat before we started this thing. <laughs> me too, me too. Um, and, and, my, and my next guest is not a rookie to my shows. In fact, on the season five premiere of the Stoop podcast on my, on my YouTube channel, uh, he almost started World War III when he fought to make LeBron James a point guard to properly fit his fantasy team. Um, <laughs> and, and when he's not defending the honor of LeBron's position in real life, he, he was an all-time collegiate scorer in Canadian college basketball history in his past life. Uh, so please welcome back Anthony Bachelor to the show, to the Av. How, How you doing today, sir? Doing well, doing well. Yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, we we still on you for that uh, LeBron James point guard thing, the all time fantasy listen, basketball draft. You know. Listen, listen. All right, I, I'll, I'll just ask this one question. Since he's been out, who's been their point guard this whole time anyway? Well, last night it was uh it was it was uh Talon Horton Tucker. Right. Look, look, look. The crazy thing about this is, you said last night, so that means it's been multiple people. And then, secondly, you can't even say the guy's name. No, <laughs> so he's not even a regular. Well, first, so he's not even a regular. So we know he's not a point guard to begin with. Well, well, first of all, it's, it's just a hard name to say. It's it's like a tongue twister. Yeah. Like, that's what makes it hard. Uh, okay. <laughs> the other part is, I mean, he's he's a he's a small forward. Just that's just it is what it is. They run the offense to him. It is what it is. I'm just good with the position. It's fine though. The the, right. the pot the pot worked out fine. It's all your your team was legit. We still got to figure out who who was the ultimate winner of that. I still got to figure that out. Um, with that said, um, let's get into this playing tournament. Actually, um, before the season is about to end, like what's the better way to to get into this topic than to talk about Bradley Beal versus Kent Bazemore? I know you guys want to talk about that. No, nobody <laughs> wants to talk about that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> 
mean, I'm, I mean, I can start. I can start off with that one. But for for starters, I don't know why Bill's so mad about that. But at the same time, I I think Bill's catching feelings on that one. He's in his feelings on that one, man. Like Bazemore didn't really come at him though. He just said he was like, "All right, catch with the hamstring injury, you know, chasing, you know, chasing the record, whatever." And like at the at the end of the day, though, the real scorer, a legit scorer, is on his squad. And like he said, he was like, "Yo, I'm." I'm I'm letting you know where my loyalty's at. So, I mean, Bill can score, <laughs> but let's be real though. Every time that ball comes out of Westbrook's hands, in order to get them assist, that ball better not hit that ground. And you see it in every game. <laughs> the frown, the frown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah. I mean, I, I'm jokingly making this this comment, but yeah, I mean, with the Bill thing, I, I thought it was hilarious. I was like, yeah, this is an overkill. Like, why is he so mad at this? You know what I mean? I, I thought the same thing. I didn't, I didn't think this was a big deal. But, you know, let, let's let's get into the play-in tournament, which is going to be happening from, from May 18th to the 21st next week, uh, which solidifies the last two playoff spots in each conference. Um, so with that said, do you guys like the play-in tournament? Do you want it to stay going forward? Like, what, what, do you, what, do you got, what are your thoughts on that? I guess I'll start with you, Bill. I mean, I'm, that's a good question, and that's what I was thinking. Do I even like it? And I think, for me, I like more basketball. My favorite part of the playoffs is usually the conference finals because you're seeing good basketball every other night. Because once you get to the finals, all you're, you're just seeing games like every three days. Whereas I just want to watch more basketball. So I'm going to say I like it because I get to see more competitive games. Do I totally understand it right now? I mean, I'm still, I'm getting to the age where I'm that old guy who's like, get off my lawn. So I don't know how much I like things changing, Especially but I like more basketball. Yeah, I like more basketball. So I'm going to say that I like it and I'll, I'll just get used to it. Yeah. Um, well, what about you, Anthony? What about you? I love it. You love not, it? Not just like, I love it. Um, I think I think now with the, the way the game has changed in terms of the game is, has, has sped up, it's now harder for people to maintain their bodies. So now you see more movements. Um, and I, I, I consider it the Popovich movement because he started it with the low management. A lot of people didn't watch it, um, but he started where he's like, you know, I got to rest my players. And everyone's kind of followed suit. So now you got a lot of teams where they're like, you know what, I'm not going to play my guy this game. We got a back-to-back. Um, I'm not gonna play this guy this game. So now teams are taking advantage of what they have in terms of their squad being how it's been set up. So now you let's say uh, you know, a Clippers team, I mean they're terrible right now, in my opinion, but you got the Clippers team playing, I got the advantage to sit Kawhi but let PG play and we're playing and as I'm watching it, the Charlotte Hornets. Mind you, both of them are playing right now, but if I if I sit them against Charlotte Hornets and they're a terrible team, which they're not this year. They're doing well. I get away with it, and I get that win. So now I feel that these teams that are playing this low management game, say they're playing this and they're not in that first spot, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to – I hope we get to this point where we talk about how LeBron's getting all spooked about this, but you 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 become either that 1-5 to five, or was it the 1-7, to 1-16? to 16, one that, six. that, that makes yep. it that, Yeah, that doesn't have to do the playing – but now, if you fall and now you're in that seventh to eighth spot and you got to do the playing game, that low management may have hurt you. So now, management may have to think about that. 
So now it's forcing people to actually play the game of basketball instead of doing this whole business mind of things where I got to make sure my player is not getting injured, which is good. But at the same time, you know, they're not thinking about the health of the players. They're thinking about the money. So, so in a sense, it just kind of forces you to play the game and keep the basketball game pure more than turn into a business, a business aspect. Yeah, that that I mean, good point. I mean, it's 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 interesting because with I mean with that Spurs thing, and I I don't disagree with that, but I I always feel like, you know, the misconception was that is is that that was out of necessity for those guys because, like, their core players were old. You know what I mean? Like Duncan at that point when mm-hmm. they were doing it, Duncan was like in year sixteen, year seventeen. So, you know, as a team that's you know constantly preparing to play, you know, have lengthy playoff runs because. Very few times throughout that through Duncan's like career, you know, were, were they out of it in the first round? They always at least made, you know, conference finals, second round finals. It was always one of the three. So you're you're always prepared mm-hmm. to play the long game. You know what I mean? So you can't keep playing guys eighty two all the time in year sixteen and not think they're gonna be able to last another two months or potentially another two mm-hmm. months. So like for those guys, it was out of necessity. I think people took it and kind of ran with it. Now with sports science and. You know, you're, you're looking at, you know, you look at it from that aspect, the analytics and everything of it, it kind of makes guys make those decisions now where, they, where you're like, okay, well, you know what? We can only handle this amount of mileage really over the course of the season. So if we can scale it back, you know, 10%, that kind of thing, you know, then ultimately it's a good thing for us if we're going to, you know, have a long stretch. That's why with the Lakers, it's like people aren't like worried, worried. At least Laker fans are worried because they're like, Hey, as long as LeBron and AD are healthy by the time, you know, next week starts or, you know, if, if, if they're not in the playing game by the 23rd, then, Oh, we're good. We're good to go. You know, like these guys are healthy. They're, they're going to make it to the long stretch. But I, I agree with you too. I think continuity is another part of it as well. You do need that rhythm as a team. You need a rhythm as an, as yourself, mm-hmm. as an individual, but you also need that rhythm as a team. And I, and I think especially defensively, that's where you you kind of need these things, you know what I mean? So you, you saw it, you you saw it last year with the Clippers that their core you group didn't play together enough, and then when they hit the playoffs and the rubber met the road, they didn't look that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't play well together. So yeah, you're right. You do need to have that continuity of roster throughout the season. The advantage the Spurs had was the continuity of the roster year over year. Right. Which is what we, we don't see now. And I think the play-in tournament is a really interesting change uh, to everything. And I love Anthony's response, like, no hesitation. I love it. And I was like, oh, all right, well, let's let's get all in with both feet. Can I ask this question, though? Go ahead. What, what has changed within the game other than the speed, than the pace of the game? I feel like with this game now, we're doing low management, but yet no one's getting beat up like they were back in the day. I'm an 80s baby, so I grew up watching basketball back in the 90s. You're playing rough basketball. You're getting no whistles. You better earn those calls unless you're Jordan. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, here now, you can look at the ref, and if you have at least five years, maybe we can shorten it down to maybe three. You look at the ref the wrong way, and he's like, all right, maybe I'll blow the whistle on the next one. Right. You got you're going to the free throw line. So now the game is slowing down by putting people on the free throw line and whatnot. But as opposed to back in the nineties, uh late nineties, maybe early two thousands, you weren't getting the whistle. So the game I feel is getting easier than it is getting harder. So now with this playing, it's 
it's making it harder again. So now people are like, man, we can't play games no more. Like, we got to be serious because, again, I, I go back to LeBron. LeBron's talking about the person should be fired, but it's crazy. LeBron wasn't saying nothing about this last year because they were at the top of the rankings. Exactly. But now, <laughs> yeah, they, went from, <laughs> they, they went from the top of the rankings and dropped all the way down to that playing, that playing spot. And now the thing is, let's imagine that team that they were playing against in the playing game was Sacramento, New Orleans, maybe Minnesota. I don't think he'd be speaking any of this foolishness, but he's going to be against the, the likeness of Golden State, Memphis, San Antonio. The thing is, you got with San Antonio, a coach that could clearly outcoach Coach Vogel easily. In Memphis, you got a bunch of young bucks. I would say I'm not too worried about them, but at the same time, but the Lakers young, young don't have to worry about them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You've got Golden State, you don't want to see Steph. And you definitely don't want to see Draymond because you've already seen him at least three, four times already anyway. He already knows what's going on. So I hear the sense of urgency on the bronze part where this man, he spooked. And with AD, listen, AD is good. I'm not knocking AD, nor am I knocking LeBron. But at the same time, it's not just going to be up to those two guys because if you got five guys on, a player on, on, on the court playing, against just two. If you want to play five on two, by all means, you can do that. But I'm telling you right now, you're not going to win the game. And if we're doing a playing game and everyone's underestimating the Golden State Warriors because they don't have Clay Thompson because everyone looks at Golden State as they're not a good team. They're not a bad team. And I know I go at your brother about Wiggins. We'll leave that for another time. But at the, at the same time, if someone's not paying attention to one guy and they want to have their defensive assignments on one man and Steph Curry – you're gonna have a problem. It's still the NBA at the end of the day. Yeah, and it, and on yeah. top and on top of that, it's 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 one game. That's the, I think that's the beauty of it. Like I'm a fan of it for now. Like of this of this whole playing thing, I'm not a hundred percent hundred percent sure if it should be a long term thing though. Um, only in the sense that I I don't believe that the seventh seed should be involved in there. Like at the end of the day, so in a few nope. years it should just maybe be the eighth seed. If anything, just make it eligible for only the eight seed. Like I, I agree, and that's the that's the only part I agree with LeBron in that sense. It's just because of the fact that like the seven seed. If you're, I think right now the Lakers are the seven seed. They're forty and thirty. Should they be in a, in a position where they may not make the playoffs? It's a little weird, you know what I mean. But at the same time, it's like I totally agree with you. In in the, in the same sense, you're like, dude, like you, you like kind of shut up because you were last year you were saying something completely different, you know. So. <laughs> But it's like I, I, but I do understand that aspect long term. I don't know if having the seventh seed in there makes sense. But the one, the one thing I will say though is that it it makes the season more exciting. You know what I mean? Like like the the teams basically like how it was in the past. You know, prior to this pandemic, was the season ends in the middle of April. I would say probably by the middle of March. You know, there's about ten teams that knows their season is over, so they're basically just <clears throat> tanking games. Um, Bill's got a sore toe. So we're just going to keep them out the whole season. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just how it went before, right? Like, my, my back is sore. So instead of missing yeah, like two yeah. weeks, I'm missing the rest of the season. You know, and, and all, all the G League players and the rookies and the certain guys that I want to make decisions on, they're going to play. You know, and, and at the same time, they're going to make my team tank. And then at the same time, it's going to help my chances of maybe getting a high lottery pick, right? Yeah, we're also seeing a change in the attitude. I grew up watching the 90s basketball, too, but it wasn't looked at the same in the sense that teams view players as assets and they want to get the most out of that asset for the longest period of time. 
So resting them and, and increasing their longevity is important. Players, though, are these little corporations who realize, I need to make sure I play as long as I can because this money isn't around forever, and i got to make the most of it. So the system is definitely benefiting both of them. I love the idea of the NBA evolving and doing something different because how many more times do you want to see the playoffs start with a 1-8 matchup that's a five-game series where you're just like, why are we watching this? You know, I want a little more excitement, and I think this can bring it. I do think having the 7, 8, 9, 10 makes it a little more interesting than just the 8. Yeah. Because, I mean, you've got the idea that LeBron could, if you listen to some of the rhetoric, they could have been playing the Clippers. You know, an L.A., L.A. round one series, how cool would that be? You know, and I I think there's a lot of stories. Yeah, which I will definitely get into later, but go on. It just makes for more more storylines, you know? And we are talking way less about tanking because of the play-in than we did in the past. Which is, I think is ultimately a good thing. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, that's not my own analysis. I stole that from Zach Lowe's podcast, so I don't want to sit here and go, yeah, yeah, I'm a genius. Like, it, it's true. It, it does take away from us talking about, like, how bad Detroit has been and how bad OKC has tried to tank in the last few weeks of the season. You know? Well, well, well thank God for, for Casey getting a, getting an extension. Good for him because I, I honestly thought the way they were they were, um, they were were folding, I'm like, man, he's, he's going to lose his job. So good for him that they, they've extended him. You know what I mean? At least he's going to get paid out a, couple, a few more years. Good on him. I don't understand that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually surprised by it, to be honest with you. But I'm, I'm happy for him. Dude. Hey, I'm happy for him. Dude, I... I was trying to win my fantasy league, and it's a head-to-head league. So, like, I was trying to backload my roster with guys playing five games in the last week, and Detroit played five games. So I had, like, four guys from Detroit on my roster. Literally, they were splitting the minutes. You were looking at guys playing, like, 23, 24 minutes, and I'm like, oh, management told him you need to do this. Like, they're not going to fire him because they're like, you need to lose because we want to win Cade Cunningham. Right. I can't blame him for that, you know? Yeah, no, for no. sure. I don't know what's hard to say because we're talking about Dwayne Casey looking at how he was coaching with the Raptors, and you're mad because he only plays through two players, and you know you have to move the ball. They all know where the ball's going. Then you move him to Detroit, and now he's playing this game where he's spending minutes. Now, here exactly what you're talking about when it comes to fantasy because now I'm a fan of guy. And I'm like, I have to stay away from Detroit because I don't know who's going to get what. I don't know who's going to be used. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who's going to get the minutes. And if I pick one guy all of a sudden, yeah, he's only getting 20 minutes. And I'm like, man, I just wasted money on this guy. It's crazy. But that's only but that's only like the last month of the season, right? At the beginning of the season, you'd be picking up Jeremy Grant like nobody's right. business. Running like, you know now, like, a, like he's in a preakness. Right. But Jeremy Grant, he's, he's, I feel like he's, he was going off for the first two months. And then all of a sudden, he started steering away from him. And it started going towards Bay, and then it's like he's he's picking who he wants to showcase first, and then like Jeremy Grant obviously because of the contract. Then it went a little bit on Plumlee's side, but that didn't last too long. And then it turned into Bay, and then all of a sudden Jackson, Josh Jackson gets a little bit of play, and then now it turns into Isaiah Stewart now gets it because now he's sitting people. I'm like, man, Dwayne Casey, I always had a problem with him to begin with, and I don't know if this might be a bias, but man, he he, he angers me. 
<laughs> and it, it it always comes back down to fantasy. That it it always comes back down. To <laughs> such, such is life. But you know, it's, but it's funny. Before we move on to the next question, though, it's funny because when you look at this, like the, I think a perfect example of, of why this playing game or this playing tournament works is a team like the Wizards. A team like the Wizards, you know, in the past would have shut their shit down back in March. You know what I mean? And and, and or at least shut yeah. the season down at a certain point. But because you know, going on this run has made them exciting, and now they got a legitimate shot if they can get Beal back. You know, to at least make the playoff. Which for a team that wants to keep Beal and and for a guy like it, which Beal who wants to kind of stay in and not Washington the DMV area, it's probably a decent scenario. You know, especially now they're getting a little bit of fans back and stuff. Like a team like them is that like kind of like a perfect example. They're in the tenth spot. They really shouldn't have been in this scenario at this point, right? But like because they 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 got so hot because they still have a chance to make the playoffs. So it, it yeah. kind of keeps them engaged where it's like before they might have just said, you know what, Russell, we may have to cut your legs off for the season. But, you know, we got to shut you down. You know, like you're you're you you have a, a an ankle sprain that's kind of severe, quote unquote severe. So guess what? You're sitting, you know, Beal, guess what? You're sitting. And, and, and now we're throwing the, the ball in, in, in Hachimura's hands, you know, for the next two months or next month and a half or whatever it is until the season's over, you know, but. Now you have a legitimate shot. Like those games are now for Washington are much more exciting than they would have been without this playing tournament. Um, with that said, what what's your prediction? Like who who do you think will end up were like playing in the playing tournament? So this may require you guys to go on your app a little bit, but like if you just if you just do the math, the Wizards if they win one game or Chicago loses a game, that's it. You know so. I think the things are pretty much locked in where they are. Like Sacramento has to win out the rest of their games yeah, to do is, that. I mean, this, not gonna happen. they're the Sacramento Kings. It's the, the, the just logic dictates that won't happen. <laughs> so I think the the slots are locked in. The interesting part is like where does it land with the Lakers and the Mavs? Like, can the Lakers sneak in? Two to six, or is or are the Lakers kind of happy at the seven and they play the Suns? It's really interesting chess match in that now teams may almost be able to say, "I want this specific matchup, so I'm going to jockey for the six or the seven slot, or we're going to move around in the two three slot if the if the standings are close." It's almost interesting that they can do that with this scenario, because do you really think? And I don't know how much you guys understand about the the, the playing scenario, but I, I and you can correct me if I'm wrong. The Lakers just have to win one game. Mm-hmm. So if the Lakers win one game, then Golden State waits for the winner of Memphis and San Antonio, and Golden State has two chances to win one game against those two teams. Right. It'll be very interesting to see how all of that plays out. I mean, I am more interested in the West than the East for sure because I think Boston just lost Jalen Brown. I really like Charlotte. I think LaMelo Ball is like one of my top three players that I love watching. And I haven't seen enough of the Pacers, so I think the East is a lot more interesting from a playing standpoint. Well, well they almost had a WWE contest last week. Um, if you remember <laughs> with, the, with the assistant coach Greg Foster, who's always been a loose cannon, by the way. Um, if you remember yeah. back, back on Utah in the '90s, so 
I mean, that's their story right now. Inj- injuries and 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 slap boxing between the between their own uh, between their own guys. But um, <laughs> but but with with that said, it's um it's interesting because I'll look at the West right now. Um, yeah, I think pretty much where everything is laid out. Unless San Antonio implodes, they got three more games to play. Um, both them and the Kings have three more games to play. Um, unless they implode, I mean, they're you know they're they're probably locked into that tenth spot. Um, Memphis and Golden State could possibly switch. That's probably is worth uh, bearing watching because Memphis got three games left; they're only half a game behind. Um, but it's funny because with the Lakers, and I understand what you're saying with the Lakers, but the Lakers. They, they. I mean, the Lakers can honestly they can go as high as fifth because they're only a game behind uh, yeah. Portland and Dallas. But the problem is they can't pick and choose which opponents they want to play. Like for like, no. you know what I mean? Which and I mean, I'm gonna get to the Lakers in a second. But with the way I look at it right now, just looking at schedule, out of the three teams between the Lakers, the Mavs, and the Blazers, the the Blazers by far have the toughest schedule. Um, they, yeah. they play the Spur. They said not the Spurs. They play the Suns tonight, and then they play, um, I believe, Denver on like Saturday or Sunday. Whereas Dallas plays. I mean, Dallas might be playing the Harlem Globetrotters tonight, and who are they playing? They, yeah, they're playing the Raptors tomorrow. They're playing the Raptors tomorrow, which is basically shut it down for the season, and the Timberwolves, which is basically going to be yeah. doing the same. And then the Lakers are playing. Um, they're playing the Pacers, who, like I said, they're basically imploding. And I think LeBron and AD are going to play that game. So, you know, they're they're looking to get that victory to getting some sort of rhythm. And then again, the last game of the year, they're playing the Pelicans, who's missing their entire front court. But right? it doesn't so, matter, yeah. though. So, like, it the, doesn't matter, though. What does it matter? It doesn't matter though because it doesn't matter though because Blazers got the they got the tiebreaker. Right, but but I'm saying if the Blakers if the, if the Blazers don't win. Go like if if they went all the way out, they're fine. But if they don't win all the way out, now it's a problem, right? Like they they could be either six or they could be in that playing game. But they have the toughest schedule, you know what I mean? So, but they're playing. The thing is, they are playing well though. So like they they won their last five, they won nine of the last ten. So they're in a position where like if they continue to work on that energy, they're going to be fine. But it's just if they if they falter, it could be a problem. They're definitely beating Devin tonight. There's no Michael Porter. Mm. Well, no, they're playing the Suns right. tonight. They're playing the Suns tonight. Ooh, uh, oh, that's right. Sorry, my, my mistake. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this. Uh, the stats here. Um, I mean, uh, the playing tournament. Um, the guy here. So yeah, they're playing the Suns. Suns, a better defensive team. Portland, no good at that. So yeah, you know what? Uh, you, you're probably right. Yeah, Portland probably get that L tonight. Um, can I ask something though? With the Eastern Conference, I, I, I'm now looking at this whole playing tournament thing. As much as I say it's making them more exciting, I've now I've, I've fallen into the trap of Adam Silver. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm I'm looking at this, and, and I'm looking at you know how I don't know if, if if anybody has like I have my conspiracies on some of the things that happens in this league, but then again, it's a different world, obviously. But I'm looking at this. You got the Lakers going against Golden State. All right, winner of that goes to the seventh seed and plays Phoenix Lakers. Don't want to see Phoenix. Let's just be real. If or do they? You sure? Or do that? You think you? I, I'm. I'm. Are you sure? Don't want to see. I, you want to know why I say that? Because now the Lakers had one of the slowest paces in the league. Why? Because of LeBron James. Because why? Because he's a point guard. <laughs> we'll leave that alone. So, <laughs> so by him having by him slowing the game down, 
they now have to force to play a half-court game. The Lakers cannot thrive on playing a half-court game with the Phoenix Suns, especially when you have this team being led by Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden, and then Mikel Bridges, and then you have Jay Crowder. These guys are stacked. I don't think you want to play a half-court game with these guys. So now... I don't... Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to cut you off there. What happens okay. when... We're going to get into a half-court game. The Suns now, they got to guard the other side of that. And you're okay. going to get into a P&R with LeBron and AD and no proven playoff performer other than Chris Paul? <laughs> Check this out. I'm glad you brought that up. The first problem we have here is you have LeBron James setting <laughs> up the office, okay? LeBron James has zero handles. LeBron basically <laughs> plays off of power. So if you see LeBron back up the half court, which he loves to do, and then power his way all the way down to the free throw line, 18 feet from the hoop, which I don't understand, but now you have someone like Mikel Bridges that's going to make him turn every single time, or Jay Crowder, you can flip that every single time. It's going to be very difficult on him. And now, if you don't have a legit ball handler, what do you do? Your half court offense is now kind of it's suspect now. If, so if you and I, I, if I was a betting man and you were offering me this bet, I would be doubling down on it. I would actually, I would, I would actually, I would put be... my paycheck on this. I'll take my paycheck. On this. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's not get too out of hand here. But I'm like, <laughs> well, well, so you well, told well, me well, well, LeBron has no handles. Well, Dennis Schroeder's supposed to be back by the. Um... I, I believe by the play-in because uh, he's out because of the COVID protocol. So I don't know if he has symptoms, if he's just, you know, if he's quote-unquote asymptomatic. Like, I don't know, but but he's out because of that, right? So um, mm -hmm. it all depends on what the conditioning he's in by that point in time. But he would be their ball handler. He would be their, the guy that, you know what I mean, that will kind of like give, I guess, LeBron some relief, which is kind of what mm -hmm. he's there for, right, in, in that aspect. Mm -hmm. So, Could I ask this question? Yeah, go ahead. Do you think do do you think LeBron James is a good one on one defender? At this stage, no. Yeah. Really. I think he like played in one game or for the whole season. Oh, well, yeah, 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 no, I'm I'm talking a seven game series here. Oh, I, I mean, fix his spots, but not really. No, not, not really. at thirty six years old. I mean, okay. mm, okay. so this this is why I'm saying this because. I can't discredit LeBron James. LeBron James is good. But now when you do all this whining and all this so-called foolishness he's doing, he's Hollywood now. I don't like it. And it makes me think that this is not about basketball no more. Well, I, I wonder because, again, like I know we're kind of like overshooting this right now, but in terms of if they were to you know meet up with the Suns, the problem is even at his stage, who is he going to be guarding that's gonna, that, that he, he has to be threatened by? You're not putting him on Booker. At this point, no, you're not so, going so he's going to either be, be guarding with uh, Mikhail Bridges, which is he's kind of like a three and D player, or or um, or Crowder, which is kind of the same thing. You're right. The crazy thing about this is it's crazy you say that because we're talking about someone that's considered one of the greats. If this was Kobe, he's guarding Devin Booker, LeBron James. Yeah, he's not guarding Devin Booker. Right. No, but you're getting sidetracked. Yeah, you're right. I am. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, getting, I'm getting off. So let's go back to where we're going here. So now, given that he's not going to guard the main guy, he's probably going to have Mikel Bridges where he thrives with his help defense. At the end of the day, though, it's still going to be a problem because now 
other than AD, AD's not going to help off off their shooter. Their their main guy is Devin Booker. So now, how do you now stop the Phoenix Suns? Because if you got Chris Paul, who is a pass first, a real a legit point guard, but can still score because he knows how to read the defense, you're going to run into problems. So how does how do the Lakers now stop? The Suns, who are more multifaceted compared to the Lakers, where they really only have two players. Yeah, and my point is going to be Phoenix hasn't made the playoffs in a decade. And if we're going to treat the regular season basketball the same as we're treating the postseason, that's going to be a misjudgment. Right? We still need to see DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker and all these guys do it with, in the bright light. When it's 2-2 and you know what's happening, or it's 2-1, or it's 3-2, when the lights come on, do you think they are going to perform better than potentially the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest player ever, depending on where you are in this discussion, do you not think that that carries some weight? Well, I, I think, no I, think I, I think I it was funny because I I think if I'm the Lakers, out of all the seeds, I want that seven seed, right? Like I don't want the eight seed because Utah. I think it's funny. Like I know Utah kind of gets, even though they're the best record in the league, they they kind of get overlooked in the sense of being like a serious championship contender. But I I think they have the playoff wars to kind of go on a lengthy run. You know what I mean? Like you know you got to lose before yeah. you win. They've they've. You know, the last few years they've they've gone through some tough playoff series. So I don't think like yeah. them meeting up with LeBron is not gonna that's not gonna shake them. And for somebody like the Clippers, like the Clippers the Clippers, they wanna see LeBron and um <laughs> that's gonna be a bloodbath series, which we'll get into in a moment as well. But they wanna see LeBron, they wanna see A D. That's the whole Battle of LA thing, right? So and and if you're Denver, like, you know, Denver did it, they don't have, you know, Jamal Murray, unfortunately, now and yeah. so like if they can work their way up to the fifth seed, then I mean that's amazing too. But I think, you know, if they if they end up where they are, like you know, and, and especially if they can win that seven eighth game, like that's perfect for them because I think meeting up with, with Phoenix is probably like, you know, like it's only Chris Paul and and Jay Crowder that's got that experience. I, I agree with you in that sense. But with that with that said, going back to like I guess what I was wanted to say before was looking at it here, I think. Like, just based on, you know, what I was saying before about the scheduling, I think there's a chance that Portland may be seventh. So I think if Portland ends up seventh, they're going to be playing Golden State, and then I think the Spurs and Grizzlies remain the same. And then I think I think Golden State beats Portland because for some reason, like, Steph, I don't know, man. He just has it out for them every time he sees that Trailblazers uniform. He just goes nuts every time he plays them. Like, just, just historically, he always goes crazy on, on – on, on Portland. So I think if they're put in that position, I could see them winning. And, and, if, and then if, and then if that's the case, then it's going to be Portland versus the Grizzlies playing in the eighth game, which will be the same result that happened last year, which would be Portland, you know, obviously winning. And then they'll, they're going to be facing uh, Utah in the first round. Um, looking at the East here, Boston seventh, the Hornets eighth, Pacers ninth, Wizards 10th. Um, like that's pretty much going to stay the same at this point as, as to what Bill was saying before. With that said, like, how do you guys see the result of that happening? I don't know. I don't. I don't see. I don't see I, Boston going any, any further. So I think, you, I think, I think, think they're going to throw. 
think they're going to throw in the towel. Just with the injuries that's coming up now, they, they don't have the players needed to make an, a legit run at this point. Mm-hmm. Can so, I hijack this for a second? Go ahead. I guess the real question I want to ask is, does the plan, is there any of these eight teams in the plan, and I think we just answered this question before, do any of these eight teams in the plan make a difference in the second round? Do any of these teams make the second round? As interesting and as sexy as it is to see this more fun basketball, in your mind, there's eight teams here. Which it, it, one has the best chance to make the second round? Oh, in the East? Golden State. You thought in, in, in any at, East in the East of any of any of them in the Golden East? State, no, right? No, no. We're talking in the East, uh, Anthony. In the East, or both? both. Either one? No, no. But but I, I like, want to focus on the East just because the East okay. is like we already discussed the West part. But say the so uh, uh, okay, the East. okay. Any team? All right. So in the East, I would say Indiana. Really, even with all the explosions and injuries and stuff. The thing is. Is 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 Miles Turner completely done for the season? I think he is, because I think he, he? I think he tore something in his toe. I don't think it's just like a sore, you know. And, and it doesn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon. Okay, Karis LeVert, I know he's out tonight. Is is he done for the season though? No, I think he's playing. I'm not sure about Brogdon saying, though, because Brogdon's been hurt for the last I, little while. That guy disappointed me too. Uh, listen, <laughs> he's he's not done indefinitely, but that's another player. I think. I think we're not giving Indiana enough credit. I think we've kind of just thrown them under the bus, or it's not under the bus, but I think we just kind of swept them under the rug and forgotten about them. And it's easy to do that, especially with this playing tournament. Um, I think Indiana, out of these four teams, with, with Washington, Boston, and Charlotte, I think Indiana is probably the biggest underdog in this, play, in this playing tournament. Um, with Charlotte, they're a good team, but as, 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 as Bill mentioned with, uh, with Phoenix, they're young. I still believe more in Phoenix just because of who's running the team in Chris Paul. And now, well, the thing with the thing with Charlotte is, is is Gordon Hayward playing. Like we're we're talking about teams that have a lot of injuries right now. In my mind, none of the four teams in the East will have a chance of making the second round. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I think I think every one of them is going to get uh, pimp slapped, basically. Really? What, yeah. Like if they, if, yeah, like like the seventh or the eighth team that's going into in in the East, you're either meeting Philly or you're meeting Brooklyn, or you know at this stage, well, no, it's, it's, you're you're either meeting one of those two teams at this point because I think uh, I can see them kind of holding those those spots at this point. So I think I, I think I think those teams are, are going to just pimp slap, you know, either one of these four teams here. I think at this point. I would rather play Brooklyn, if anything. You probably think I'm nuts for that, but no, Brooklyn really. plays. No, Brooklyn plays. Brooklyn plays zero defense. So I think yeah. if you can go bucket, if you can go bucket for bucket, your chances are pretty high. Well, you're also dealing with if you're looking at Brooklyn, you're dealing with a big three that has a big injury history. You Kate, both KD and Kyrie have missed time, and James Harden is notorious for disappearing in the playoffs. So sure, if you want to play one of those two, and and I'm gonna say one of the advantages Philly has, and I'm I really like Philly, is Doc Rivers. You know, you say what you want. That guy can coach. He's been through all of it. He's got that team playing well. They'll be on a mission. I would much rather if I'm one of those teams coming out of the plan. I would much rather play Brooklyn. Still gonna eat you. They're still gonna destroy you. But I would rather play that. But how does Doc? Now manage the egos of 
Joel Embiid and um, and Simmons when he couldn't handle Kawhi and PG. I think for th- especially for this season, they're on the same page. Um, and I've been mentioning this many times throughout the year that I think that both sides have come in with a chip on the shoulder. Philly, because they, they kind of underachieved last year, you know, and Bede got his name written out of like the best player list last year by the end of the year for some reason. Mm-hmm. And and then you saw what happened with the implosion in, in Clipperland, right? With with Doc Rivers and then he loses his job. He takes that Philly job, I don't I don't even know if it was even seven days. It might have it might have been less than a week, really and truly. By the time he got fired to when he got hired by Philly. And, you know, you want to prove yourself. Like he's with with all the you know the game seven statistics of, of him losing more than he wins in game seven, I forgot what the exact number is, but you know he did win a championship. You know what I mean? Like he did, you know, bring his Whoa. team and he's he has been in tough playoff series and been successful. He so, is a he is a really good coach, mm-hmm. and if uh, the whole game seven thing, I think he's got the record for being up three one and losing series. With yeah. that Celtics team that he won with. Every series went seven games. Remember, they dressed in black every game seven. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Like, yeah, so I watched it. Watched it. Started talking crap at that point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think it's a little bit of a like, a little bit too much with Doc on this. Like, he was a good coach in Orlando when they had nobody. Mm-hmm. I remember that too. And he was. Before he was been a good coach before T Mac. Before T Mac. Yeah. When, up there. When they had the Clippers and they lost everybody that one year, they were one of my favorite teams to watch because Doc coached them up and they won a ton of games by being a really good team. So I will never, as much as you can criticize, like you're going to pick Steve Nash as a better coach than Doc Rivers or Bud uh, Budenholzer or, you know, maybe Spolstra you're going to put in there as a coach who could outcoach him. But in the East, there's... He's the top three of coaches right now. So I think he's definitely an asset. Right. So, like I said, I think for me, um, I guess just to, just to wrap up this this segment here, I think for me it's – I would say Charlotte and Boston. Uh, I, I see I see Boston winning. Uh, that's not, not Boston. So I see Charlotte winning. I see Charlotte actually get in the seventh spot. And I see Boston – uh, having to play against, I would say Washington, and because they're so matched up, I think Washington is gonna is gonna beat them. And then, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna go in that. Actually, no. Let me phrase that. I can actually see the Wizards. I see a strong scenario where the Wizards are gonna lose based on history. You know why? Because his name is <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and he does not make really? the decisions in playoff and and big playoff moments. Now, this isn't a big playoff moment because it's a playing game. But would it totally stun you if he did something bon- like if he, if he made a, a critical mistake or took an ill-advised shot or or try to go one on four at the wrong time? Like would would that shock you if that happened? You know, if they're no, if, if he's in that play if they're playing in that eighth place game, not really. It wouldn't shock me. You know what I mean? Like I could see them winning, but it wouldn't. It really wouldn't shock me if if that's what happened. Yeah, I agree. But we might have Wizards might not have uh, Beal. We don't even know if he's going to be ready for these playing games. Mm, that's true too, because it's a hamstring, right? Right. Yeah, and those injuries they yeah. they they, they kind of linger. Unless, and I don't know what the grade quality of strain that he has, but it's it's they linger. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. But I I can see a scenario where I know everybody's like 
you know, and we'll get to Washington in a second too, but I know everybody's, you know, like saying, oh, Washington, like you don't want to see them, but I'm like, mm, we'll see. We'll see. Um, do, do you, do you, uh, do you think the Lakers will still make it to the NBA finals if they have to play in the playing tournament? Absolutely not. Okay. Why? I don't they know. Not, they, they may not even get out of the first round. Okay. And, and, and it's because of the Phoenix factor that you were talking about a few minutes ago. And, and no, if they don't see Phoenix and if they see, they see Utah, it's even worse. They got problems. There's, there's a reason why this guy's mad. He's mad for a reason. <laughs> he knows he knows exactly what's going on right now man he's like yo we messed up we've now dropped yeah. we have to face all these teams this is way too much work we have a problem because now if we got to go through two teams and it's only one game just to get into the playoffs to begin with is a problem so now the two teams that we got to go against either way is a problem so i, I don't know man i Honestly, I, I don't see them getting to the finals. If they have, if they have and to play in the play-in. For the play-in, for the play-in it, it, it's, it's tough to say, man. It really is. No, but I mean, like, if they have to play in, in the play-in, like, you you don't see any shot of them making the finals? No. Okay. And what about you, What about you, uh, Bill? I want to take a bigger picture and look at this and think, if somebody had told you six months ago or before the season started – that the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks are going to be in the playoffs, that the Toronto Raptors are going to be eliminated, that the one and two seed in the West are going to be Utah and Phoenix, and the Lakers will not be a top four seed, you probably would have been like, get out of here. But now, I couldn't predict anything. I could not tell you, yes, this team is and this team isn't, because it's a crapshoot. The Lakers... They have a very, very hard road. Is it possible? Sure. Why not? I could also win the lottery. But that's not going to happen more than likely. So, and if you're going to get 5%. Sorry, go on. To- totally. Totally. Thank you. Totally. Thank you stamped it. It's recorded. Yes. yes. Um, legally binding. This podcast is legally binding. <laughs> go on. But, but the thing is, like, who... Who would have guessed any of this? Nobody. So do I think the Lakers could be Phoenix? Yes. Do I think the Lakers could be Utah? Yes. Do I think it's likely? No. Do I think the Clippers could just implode and totally destroy themselves? Totally. Do I think the Knicks are worth getting to the second round? Maybe. I don't know anything. I don't know anything, and I think it would be ludicrous to put any weight to what we think right now given how the season turned out. It's kind of a reflection of how the season has been this whole year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, here's the other side. Let's go to the other side, Anthony. If the Lakers made it to the finals, if they made it to the conference finals, would you be totally dumbfounded? Or would you just be like, hey, LeBron just showed why he's LeBron. Like, the narrative can go either way. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, man, that's, that's, or are that's you just tough. Or, or are you just going to be that angry? No, I won't be that angry. <laughs> now, I will, I, will, I, will, I will ask this question, though. If, okay, I'm more set on Utah working the Lakers. Phoenix, I feel that it will be possibly a seven-game series, but I think they'll pull it off. So I think it will be battle for sure with, with Phoenix. But with Utah, I think Utah will handle them. My I mean, is it, this. Yeah. If, 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 
so when you ask if they made it to the conference finals, that means if we're talking that they're going through Utah, would I be dumbfounded? Yes, I would be. If they went through Phoenix, no, I wouldn't be. Because if yeah. they go through Phoenix, they got to touch either the Clippers or Dallas. At that point, I, I can see them. If they get past Phoenix, okay, you know what? They're okay at this point. But now, if you beat Utah and then you go through Portland, again, you better figure out how you're going to stop Damon Lillard. Or see Dennis Cullen. Or Joseph Nurkic. Or your 3 and D guy in, in Covington because now you got some problems there. Well, I mean, when you're at the bottom of the standings, there's a reason you're at the bottom of the standings. Yeah. Right? It's not a fluke that the Lakers are at the bottom of the standings. Injuries, they haven't gelled. Certainly, but they are the one anomaly in all of these playing teams, and you guys can tell me your opinion, that could actually make it to the second round. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, right? The, the, so that's, that's why the storyline's exciting. The, the thing with me, though, is that I'm not 100% sure, and I've been watching the Lakers games for the last week and a half, two weeks. One, because Anthony Davis is on my fantasy team, so, you know, I want to keep track. <laughs> Um, the, 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 the other part, the other part of it is it just, they, you know, I've been up late for the last little while and you know, these, these Laker games come on late. So I'll be watching. So, but, the, but, but I think the problem is like, I'm not a hundred percent sure if, if, if Anthony Davis is going to make it through, like, yeah. I, I think last yeah. year, like playing with LeBron, cause the, the, cause the knock on him as we all know was health, right? He's, he's anytime yeah. like he, you know, he gets poked in the eye, he's missing two games. If the ball hits his finger a certain way, he's fracturing his finger, you know what I mean? He's out two weeks. Like, it's yeah. the whole thing. But I think playing with LeBron, it's, it's made him better in, only in terms of, of playing through injuries. But the team right now isn't, as full, isn't at full strength, as we know. Their guards are all hurt because uh, Caruso, the last game, got hurt. Um, they haven't played together in weeks. They need the week off. So they really need that, yeah. that sixth seed or that fifth seed. And, and so let's, let's – sorry to cut you off. Let's compare – the two teams that made it to the finals last year. So one thing that we have to take into account, and you and I, we're, we're in agreement on this, that the Lakers' biggest problem this season has been injuries, LeBron missing time and all that. Let's take the dichotomy of Miami. Miami had all their injuries early, other than Tyler Hero, right? Who struggled. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler missed a chunk of the season. It was almost a blessing, and Miami didn't rush him back. Right? They took their time. They took a long time to get all their pieces together. But they're hitting on all cylinders late in the season. Why? Because I think, in my opinion, those early injuries, that slow start, really helped them because they had the shortest offseason. The Lakers, on the other hand, started out gangbusters. If you remember, LeBron was the, like, runaway MVP leader I the first so. two months of the season, I right? I didn't think so, but go on. <laughs> well, you know, and then now you have, the Lakers have everybody hurt. AD hurt. LeBron hurt. They're going into the most tough, important time of the season injured. Yeah. So I think the biggest threat to the Lakers isn't Phoenix or Utah or the Clippers. It's the training room. Yeah, and and, and and to me, that's why I don't think you want to be in a situation where you're in a one off a one off playoff game. Or, and, and it's funny because at at the same time, you know, to touch on your point, like if this team gets healthy by May twenty third and they're in the playoffs, 
there's few teams that are in the league that are built to beat the Lakers. But I think when, going back to Davis, though, Davis, like, he, he worries me the most because he's, he's a great player. We all know that. And he has the ability to turn it on. But that guy's consistently nicked up. Like, what, like the way yeah. he's being nicked up right now, and I think even the last game, he pulled his hamstring. Hamstring injuries. Uh, not hamstring. Sorry, his groin. So groin injuries, both of you, I'm sure, have pulled your groins once or twice in your life playing basketball. Oh. You know those oh, those, no, those injuries. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Huh? Cal, let me correct you. He, he he hurt his ankle, and then he they said it was back back problems. They changed it, so apparently something he didn't injure. They changed it to something else. <laughs> and, but but I'm saying, but then, the, but then the last game, but then the last game he got nicked in his face. He hurt his groin, so he, he basically yeah. missed missed the last game. But my thing is, is he going to be able to push through the next two months with every series that they're going to be in? They're going to start on the road. Uh, it's funny because I think with them. Kind of like the lack of an offseason between the bubble playoffs and the new season has been hard for this team. But for Davis, yeah. like he's been one of those guys who's been punishing the most, more than yeah. more than other players. And quite frankly, I, I'm at the stage now where I don't think he's ever going to be healthy enough to be one of those guys that's going to truly carry a franchise. Just Because I don't think he's ever played a season. He's never played a full, a full season. He's never played like 82 games or in this case 72 games. He's always missed at least 15, 20 games. This is a shortened season, and he's already missed 31 games, right? So he's an incredible talent that I can't stay healthy. And even in last year's finals when they are playing Miami, the amount of times he was down on bending knee, I swear to God, it was like a Boys to Men video. Like I lost count the amount of times he was, oh, he was, off, he was coming off the, the campus. It was crazy. Oh. It was crazy. Like, I don't, wow. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I've lost count. Like, seriously. Like, so to me, I'm like, like the fact that he kept getting back up, it's cool. It's all that. That's all good. I just don't know if he can continue to do that. He's not. I don't know if he's that player that's built to do that over the course of a long haul. So to me, that that's. I, th- I think I think injuries is the biggest thing, but I think Davis is that he's he's that um that biggest question mark. He's he's the sixty four million dollar question to me. Shout out to you for the boys to men. Oh. All I thought about was that video with the white sand. <laughs> <laughs> man. Oh, You're welcome. Man. You're welcome. It just came to me. You're I'm, I'm trying to look up how many games Anthony Davis played, and I nearly fell off my chair when you said that. I was like, man. <laughs> 75 games is the most games he's ever played, and he played it twice. Right. Well, he played a he played a COVID season then. Plus three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah essentially. Yeah. Essentially, he's never played. He's never played eighty two games. And th- so that that's yeah. the problem I have. I'm like just watching him play this, especially this last week. I know they they played Phoenix the other night. To to touch on your point, AP, um, Anthony, and the, he went off for I think he had forty two and twelve, which is a great game. But like just watching him walk, watching him move, I'm like, man, I, I don't know if this guy's gonna make it, man. Like I just I don't know. That's the problem, I think. Oh. Even with, like, like to, to, for me to go into a playing scenario with him, that's what makes it tough. It's like you're kind of like you're kind of extending yourself further. You know what I mean? Like you're taking more mileage off of you at this point. You know, one, you're like he's uh, honestly he's literally one twisted ankle away from just basically like folding at this point. Okay, so should anybody be fearing the Warriors? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I like the difference. Really? Who, who wants to start? Okay. You you go first, Anthony. Okay. Um, 
the play-in tournament is where they, the Warriors should be feared. In the actual playoffs, not so much. <laughs> we're the same. Okay. <laughs> if I fear, what I fear from the Warriors is a six-game series. I fear Wiggins, you know, we talked about Wiggins. Maybe he steals you a game. He plays out of his mind. Steph steals you a game. Now you're going six games, maybe seven, when you're like, man, I really wanted to wrap this up in four. I think Steph to can me, steal two, but go on. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, that's that's why you would not want to face them. But at the same time, you could still win four in a row and beyond. Like, that's they have no depth. Right. You know, yeah. that's it's just tough go. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we're kinda on the same the same wavelength when it comes to that. I, I think all teams should fear them because of Steph. Like he's he's an Avenger right now. You know, like I I think that's where you go with that. But I, I think at the same time, like <laughs> this team's been playing like they've they've been in the playoffs the last couple of weeks too. Especially defensively. And, and it's funny because I know we keep talking about them a lot, which I didn't expect to talk to them uh, talk about them a lot in this this uh this conversation, but Say if they make it, let's say they, they end up being a seventh seed. The, out, of, yeah. out of the teams, out of the top spots that should be the most nervous is Phoenix. <laughs> because the crazy thing like, is, I actually agree yeah. with that. I actually, I actually agree with that. You agree with yeah. that, right? Yeah, just because I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not shitting on Phoenix. Phoenix has been solid all year. They've actually surprised me because I keep waiting for the other shooter to drop and it doesn't. And I'm just like, damn, okay, like they're they're really right. They're they're really legit now. Okay, you know, but. You know, to touch on Bill's point earlier, like they haven't been to the playoffs in 11 years and the core parts of the Warriors, they've been through the ropes like over a a seven game series. You know, I'm still going to choose the Suns. So they're going to take some wicked lumps from the from Golden State just simply due to the fact that their core players are inexperienced in those moments. And and I think Steph, Steph, I think, might be the worst player to play against with an experience. Like, can 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 you ask this question? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I ask this question? So are you saying that? Almost the same same tone that Bill had, had mentioned. Last year, everyone thought that Phoenix was going to lose all eight of those games. That was a prediction right. from the so-called mm-hmm. experts. And they came out 8-0. Yeah, which which is great. Like, they Did played any, well. That's what I'm saying. And that was without Chris Paul. So yeah. they found some sort of chemistry for them to pull that off. And they didn't play bad teams. No. They played good teams. They mm-hmm. did. So, so why now? Is it that Phoenix is kind of now being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. come playoff time now, they're not going to be able to do it because it's experienced. Well, they're kind of showing already, and we don't have fans. So they don't even have that on yeah. our back end. It's now pure basketball. It's we're going to this building. Yeah. It's just another gym. What's not the difference? Well, because, because, Anthony, we have to find holes in somebody or everybody be 82 and 0. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find your inner hater. And bring it out. <laughs> Otherwise, you got nothing, there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> because I'll tell you this. I, I love Devin Booker's game. I think Mikael Bridges, I was on Mikael Bridges when he got drafted. I think he's somebody who in today's NBA is super valuable and impacts winning. And I think he's somebody that the Suns can ill afford to be without. Because he is the, the, the glue that kind of keeps it all together defensively spacing little winning plays. Um, he lets those other guys be stars. So do I think Phoenix could go all the way? Yes. But, you know, for the sake of argument, they have the easiest target, which is inexperience in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Would you, here's the, like, 
if you're telling me it's Portland and Phoenix, I'm kind of still picking Phoenix. As much as it's Dame time and I love all that shit, and honestly, was there a bigger boss move than the sidestep and waving off Paul George with the game winner? Like, how do you not like that? But I'm, I would still pick Phoenix, even though they're the more battle-tested playoff team. Portland is the more battle-tested playoff team. Hmm. Yeah, listen. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting when you look at it from that aspect. Um, do you, do you want to see the battle of LA this early? Like if it, if it plays out where the Lakers get the sixth seed and, and the, and the Clippers stay where they are, do we really want to see the Lakers, the battle of LA this early? No, nope. yes. neither does Adam, neither does Adam Silver. <laughs> I do. I don't care when it happens. You don't care. I don't care when it happens. No, I just like basketball. Honestly, you know who I want to watch play? I want to watch Luka Doncic play. And that's it. <laughs> like, I will watch every game that that kid plays because he just has a massive pair of cojones and just loves to play, you know? Where's he been at? Where's he been at the last 10 games, though? The last 10 games? The last yeah, 30 yeah. games, he's blowing it up. He's shooting something like 46% from three or something. Like, he's mm-hmm. as bad as he was. The, the, the tough part was how bad he played the beginning of the year. And then as we're getting down the stretch, the shape. focus is... Yeah, and then the focus right now is really all the texts he's been getting, and he got ejected the other night. But Dallas has been on a run. The big question with Dallas is, what's KP going to do? Nothing. Is he going to be a factor, right? Nothing. So, That's so, a big question, Mark. That's a big no, question. Mark. Nothing. You know, he, he, nothing. You know. <laughs> he's, not, he's not going to do nothing. <laughs> I don't know. What, 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 I, the reason why I asked about Luca, where he's been at the last ten games, I mean, he, he may be going off in terms of the shooting percentage and from, from behind the line, the three point line. But in terms of the numbers that, like the triple doubles, like this guy would be close to, if not, putting up triple double numbers. And he's yeah. not getting the boards no more. He's not getting the assists no more. So now you gotta ask that question. Like Luca's there, but now he doesn't have the help to make it look like Luca yeah. is actually there. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the winning, right? It's the winning. And he's a winner, and they're winning, and that's what matters. And, you know, no matter what you're going to say, my concern with the Clippers is always, are they winners? You know what I'm saying? I think the problem with the Clippers when it was Doc's downfall was that there was a lot of in, in-house resentment that Kawhi was taking games off, and he was the one dictating and all those guys, like you got Pat Beverly and Montrezl Harrell and all those guys, Lou Williams, who want to play no matter what. You're trying to like make instant team, and that was the problem that didn't work. You know, but do you, so, but do you think it was? Do you think it was because of that, or do you think it was more because of their resentment for Paul George? Well, that, I think that's part of the part of the equation. Here's another thing. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk real deal here. Okay, you remember how Seth Curry got into it with Paul George during the game, like last sure last do. year? Sure do. You know what that was over? No, no, of course, of course. Yeah. Seth well, Curry is married. Fun. Yo, yeah, Seth Curry is married to Doc Rivers' daughter. Paul George cheated on. Doc Rivers' daughter. Did you think Paul George and Doc Rivers were going to get along? Come on. No, man. But come on, man. But, that, but hold on. So why trade for him then? If you knew that who the coach was going to be, why would you trade for him and give up all those picks? It's because the Clippers. 
Because you want to it's go the Clippers. Yes, it's the Clippers. It's still the Clippers. They will screw it up somehow. <laughs> Man, I, I, th- I think Kawhi still. I think Kawhi might be resenting the fact that he actually left Toronto because <laughs> he could be on his way for <laughs> the third, the third ring. If you think about it. But again, because I'm 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 a Raptors fan, but at the end of the day, we need a legit score, and Pascal Siakam ain't it. So no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to put that on Pascal Siakam. That's a different story altogether. I mean, I I think the Clippers are the ones who are the least likely to come out of the West of the big teams. Hmm, Hmm, it's interesting. I, I think it's funny. Like I don't want to see this matchup this early, I, I, and I agree with you. I don't think Adam Silver wants to see this matchup this early either. They should have met up in the bubble, and they didn't. And if this scenario plays out, they're going to be meeting up way too early. Like there, there's there's a good chance that um, the winner of this matchup could represent the West of the NBA Finals because I believe a champion, championship experience on both sides. Like the Clippers picking up Rondo. Mm. You know, you got Ibaka who has another 10 days to get healthy. Um, and because he's been injured, Zubac has been gaining valuable time the last couple of months. Um, yeah. like, like to me, I think Adam Silver should just intervene and just like try to figure out a way to, to make sure this matchup doesn't happen until the second round. Like if it lands up that way, just switch the teams around. Just put Dallas six, put, 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 put the Lakers fifth. Just do it. Just do it. Just get it done. Just get it done. Just, just figure out a tiebreaker to get this done. You know, so <laughs> like I think, yeah. like I think, if if that's the case, I, I think it's it is too early. I I do want to see it if it's in the first round, so be it. But um, you know, I I, I kind of want to see it. Um, I, I kind of want to see it later. I think we deserve to see it later when there's more pressure. Um, but with that said, let me just I, I got a couple more questions, so let me just move it up quick before we go. Um, sh- should the top three seeds in the East be watching everything Miami's doing the next few days? Yes. Yeah, Miami. Miami's built for the playoffs. Jimmy Butler's yeah. built to win. Absolutely. Be afraid. Be afraid. <laughs> very, very afraid. Yeah. Very afraid. Yeah. I got. I got to agree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all in agreement on that one because I think it's one of the things. I don't think like they're ratcheting it up at the right time. I don't. I actually think they were better last year, like in terms of the the bubble aspect of it. Because my my thing is. You know, and I'm not taking anything away from Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and stuff, but I do wonder sometimes. I'm like, if it was a regular playoff season, they're going on the road and facing, you know, the, um, you know, like say like a, a packed house on the road where 20,000 fans are screaming against. Would they have had those same shooting performances that they did when it was in the bubble? I I don't know. We will never know, but like, I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's like. It's it's one of those things where it's like I, that they got hot in the right time and and that AAU experience of being in the bubble without fans is like was was great for them, um, you know and I think to me too losing Crowder it's gonna hurt them too like I think that's gonna hurt them in the long run especially when he can kind of be like a small ball four at, at like a certain aspects he's a good defender he shoots the three well you know what I mean like I like I think not yeah. ha- having him and replacing him with like Trevor Ariza like although Trevor Ariza is a good solid role player I I don't know. I think I would at this stage of their careers, I would rather Crowder, you know, for that team. I thought yeah. that was a big loss. The, the thing with Miami though is you got to think of Miami as a whole. You can't think of Miami as the pieces. Yeah. Like once they get on a roll, you're thinking of the whole thing. You know, you're thinking about how Bam and and Jimmy and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and and all those pieces fit together. You know, Kendrick Nunn, the depth. 
The scoring, Goran Dragas playmaking. You can't think of it just as I get your point, and you're right to an extent. But Miami just puts the package together and, and says, you know, fuck the world, let's go do it. Yeah, you don't you don't think that Trevor Ariza was a perfect replacement for uh, Jay Crowder? I think he was an um, admirable replacement. I don't know if he was a, like a perfect replacement because I think I think I di- I'm just saying at this stage of their careers. Because you got to think, how 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 long has Ariza been in the NBA? What, like 16, 15, something like that? He's been in the league a long time. I just think at this stage, it would have been better for Crowder to be in that position. Like, I thought when they, when they lost him in the offseason, I just thought, I was like, wow, that's a big loss. Like, to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. I thought that was a big loss when they lost him in the offseason. But, like, I get it. Ariza got the experience. He's got a ring. You know what I mean? But I just I just feel like, like I think Crowder would have, I think that would have been a bit of a better play. Um, but like, yeah, if I'm Milwaukee and if I'm one of these teams, like, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, you don't like you, you rather like, especially if you're one of them top teams, you rather an easier first round matchup. You know what I mean? See if I, if, if, I'm, if, if I'm them or you're hoping they get a fifth or a fourth seed. <laughs> yeah. If I'm Philly, I'm not worried about Miami as much. If I'm, if I'm the Nets or Milwaukee, I'm worried. Yeah. For sure. I don't want them for sure. Um, should everybody be fearing the Wizards? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I, I had to get my kids to bed. My wife is texting me and you're asking me about the Wizards? Come on, man. Text, text to the wife. I, ooh. Yeah, that. that mm, mm. I just mm, I just realized that, 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 that might be a red flag. That might be a red flag. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> next question. Next question. Next question. I can't throw a joke in there. <laughs> Boys to men used it up. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Actually, well, here's my last question. I'll be serious. Here's my, here's my last question. Um, looking at the playoffs right now, right? Forget like the play and everything else. Just looking at the the long term view of the playoffs right now. Which is the matchup you want to see the most? Is it is it oh. LA LA? Is it you know is it something in the East? Like what's the, what's the matchup you guys want to see like the most? Doesn't matter the round. Doesn't matter. Philly and the Knicks. Philly and the Knicks. Okay. Who? Who? Which one? Who? Philadelphia and the Knicks. Yeah. Man. Because I, I, I want to see the. I want to see the Nets, the Knicks play like important basketball. I, I say Subway Series that one. Before that, Subway Series that one. You see the Knicks in Brooklyn, and by that time, if they actually allow fans, oh my gosh, those nasty yep. New York fans. It, oh my man, that'll be must see. Because now, if they do get the fans going there, and let's just say they get at fifty percent, the type of energy you're gonna have in those games is gonna be ridiculous. Oh, in the Garden, you mean with the Knicks? Oh, Garden, Barclays Center, period. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't have to go far. All you're doing right now at that point is you're just hopping the bridge at that point. Yeah. Oh, you mean if they meet against each other, that, that, would, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I mean, let's, 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 let's go beyond the whole fan portion of it, but just seeing Julius Randle, who was completely taking a new role, didn't think he'd actually honor this type of role, but he's, he's held this. 
I mean, RJ Barrett, uh, he's a different person on his own, but he, I felt like he, 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 he had the confidence thinking that he was going to be the one that was going to lead this team, but clearly Julius Randle was taking it over. And very much so, he deserves it because he's had Kobe under, like he's been under Kobe's win. So yeah. he's yeah. learned something. And clearly he's now taking it to where he's showing it that he can actually take over a team and no one expected it. So with that All going, right. I got to leave. On that note, this has been awesome. I love you. Can't wait to do it again. Why? Why you sound like you like? What? What's going on here? What, this ain't Jimmy Kimmel. I gotta go put my kids to bed. You uh-huh. guys keep going. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Calvin. My wife. My wife was texting me like, "Hey, you need to put your kids to bed," and I'm like, "Oh, oh what, what, a, what a way to blow up the podcast." Um. Okay. Um. No. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll finish answering this question, Anthony. I guess. All right. Um, You guys are doing amazing. But I wanted to talk about LeBron because you seem to be a LeBron fan. Let him go, Anthony. Let him go. Let him go. I am totally. You can text me about it later. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm sorry. I got to do this, but I got to go. I want to stay married. I've never had that happen on my podcast before. That that that's a, that's a first time, last time moment. Wow. Uh, all right then. Um, thoughts and prayers to a fallen soldier. God damn. Um, I'm speechless. I mean, I, I shouldn't be because you know he did throw up the red flags like he was in a gang, but. All right then. Um, I guess on with the rest of the show. Well, well I, actually, bef- before before we do that, before we go, before we go. Rest in peace to the soul and the backside of Bill Gagne. Can can you put the flag at? Can you put the red flag at half mast, please? There you go. It's, it's catching the good one. There you go. There you go. Anyway, wh- wh- where was I? Um, rest easy, Bill. Rest easy. Maybe in your next life, we could we could be friends again. Maybe. Next. <laughs> Anthony, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, fin- finish your point. Finish your point. We'll, we'll wrap up. Wow, um, this guy really gave me a. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I mean, with basically with with New York going in. And what Julius Randle basically saying, I'm, I'm going to take the torch and I'm going to lead my team through. And then with management, not so much Dolan, but with Thibodeau actually saying, I want D. Rose here to pretty much give you the next guard. They've assembled this team and has become a problem. Not so much a major problem, but a problem. But with Brooklyn coming in with their, their big three, I, I feel the biggest issue with those two, well, with those three is the fact that they haven't really played together. So what are we really going to see in the playoffs? So now if it comes down to the last second shot, who's taking it? Who's going to let that one guy take that shot? Is James Harden going to say, okay, fine. KD, you can take it. Or is Kyrie going to say, no, I want that right. It's going to be too much confusion. And at the same time, Steve Nash is supposed to be the one that makes that decision. But I don't think he can. Mm-hmm. You know what series I'm interested in watching, though, the most? Mm-hmm. I, I would say the, the Bucks and the Nets, actually. 
Um, because I mean, the way it's set up, they're probably they're most likely going to meet up in the second round. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think everybody's kind of brushing aside the Bucks, but I think the mm-hmm. thing with the Bucks is the Bucks they play D. Um, to me, Drew mm-hmm. Holiday is it's a massive upgrade, especially in the playoffs over Bledsoe. I think mm-hmm. adding PJ Tucker as you know, I think on that roster is like he's if he's used properly, mind you, he's going to be important at certain moments on the, on the floor. The Nets aren't strong defensively, which takes some of the pressure off Middleton to perform. And they don't have anybody to stop Giannis, especially if, like if Milwaukee's going to stay with this this uh, this theme of posting him up on the low block and in the mid block and having him more operate out of there, or at least in certain parts of the game. Like I think that's where, you know, instead of, you know, how it is before where they always had him at the top and just try to make him just drive against like a wall of defenders. They're 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 kind of cutting off angles where you know he's a good passer. So even if he gets double teamed on the low post, it's easier to make you know make plays out of that, right? And make cuts and reads off of that. So, um, I, I like I think he's he's gonna have to continue making threes because he's been making it better, especially the last half of the season. Especially especially the Nets. I don't know if you've seen some of the games they played against each other. They leave him like wide open. Like yeah, <laughs> his defenders in the middle of the key. Like they don't they really don't respect the shot to that degree. Um, mm-hmm. to me, don't get me wrong. I think the Nets will still win the series, but I, I think like that's going to be a bloodbath series. And, and don't get me wrong, James Harden for them is like a cheat code, the same way he was in OKC, or, or more so now because he's more talented. Yeah. But, but I think like that series to me is like that's the one. I honestly, I, I can't wait for that series the most. I think yeah. it's underrated. I I would hope I would hope so, but. I'm still not sold on Giannis being a jump shooter. For sure. I think at that sure. point, at, at that point, you leaving that wide open, he he has no choice but to shoot that ball. Mm-hmm. But the way he let that ball fly, he don't even look like he's sure about that shot. There's no confidence in that shot whatsoever. I think he's shooting and, it with more confidence than he was like last year. I would say. I'm not saying he's a better but, shooter. I don't know what the stats are. I'm right. not looking at it right now, but. I think he shoots it with a little more confidence now than he did last year. But I understand what you're saying. But that, right. So now, my next question now, we're now looking at, if this is the case with Giannis, letting him shoot or whatever, I'm concerned about Chris Middleton. Mm. Chris Middleton is the guy that basically closed out those games because if you're going to put someone at the free throw line, Giannis is not that guy, being that he's shooting around 60%. Then you got Chris Milton. You want him at the line. But now it seems to be that Chris Milton is somewhat kind of disappeared as well. I don't know if that's but the addition of Drew Holiday, where now that offensive uh, uh, the offensive role that has been put in Drew's uh, hands has now kind of messed with the mental of Chris Milton. He hasn't been the same player that he was from last year. Yeah. So that's why with, with Milwaukee, I'm a little bit unsure. Like I, I feel like they they wouldn't get past, even though Brooklyn has no five. Like you, you'd be basically going up against Jeff Green and Blake Griffin, but that that's not. I, I don't know. I think just with the 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 flaws that Giannis still has in terms of not being able to be a legitimate shooter, shooter. not a scorer. He can score, but in order in order for him to shoot, it's still a problem. Yeah, it's, it, I I think so too. I just think against them, like, <clears throat> are they going to defend them properly? Like, unless unless they got some stuff in the bag, they don't play defense. 
You know, and that's to me, that's where like I think in other series, like I think if, if he was going up against like Philly, I would be like, yeah, I don't know about the Bucks beating Philly because their defense is really good. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, and and by design, like Doc Rivers is a good de- is a good defender when it comes to coaching. But, um, but with you know, we I guess we have to see what happens. But you know, they they they're definitely more more offense centric. You know, and they, you know they're they're playing a little bit better D. But I'm like, is it going to be enough? Like, I know it's regular season, but they just had no answer for Giannis at all, like none. You know, those those playoff games. And I'm like, I'm not sure how much, how drastically, like how much better it gets. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm just not sure how much better it gets at that point. You know, like, so that that's that's my concern, I guess. But that's the series. Other than that, I guess if L.A. and L.A. meet against each other. But like I said, like, I hope that's like in the second round or possibly the conference finals where that happens if it works out that way. But um, but I, I know for the NBA, like, um. You know, I, I think the worst case scenario is if the if, for, if the Lakers, you know, actually lose both play-in games and they, they don't make the playoffs. I think that's like mm-hmm. Adam Silver would like go insane, like on a Stern <laughs> level, like on a David Stern old school level, he would go nuts. But um, <laughs> but with that said, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think I think those two series for sure are the ones that kind of stand out for me. I, and then and then I think whoever. The Bucks and Nets, whoever comes out of that, which most likely I think will be the Nets, I, you know, of course, seeing them go against Philly will be crazy as well. Yeah, you know, so so it's interesting to see. I think the playoffs is going to be, it's going to be fun, man. And I think the playoffs is going to be definitely, you know, um, I'm I'm actually looking really forward to it. You know, especially these these you know the the warm up of the play in tournament and stuff. I'm looking forward to that, and because everything's just been so topsy turvy this year, I'm kind of like, yo, man, I can't wait. You know, I, I I I can't I can't wait to see like how unorthodox this gets. You know, yeah. I think it'll be nice to like have like an, an unorthodox champion or somebody that just comes out the blue and just wins it all. Like I think that would be great for the sport. Personally, for me, I know everybody says ah Lakers should win it, and you know, and that's what the league may want. But it would be cool to see somebody else that you're not expecting coming and just take the title. That I think that would be dope. Right. Right. Like I like I would say Portland. I don't know if that might be a bias from the Pacific Northwest, but. <laughs> Oh man, Portland man. How about other than I mean I'm a I'm a I'm a diehard Raptors fan, but other than those guys, Portland's always been that team where I just like I like Dame's uh, loyalty and his, yeah. his passion to the game, how he approaches it every every single game. Even CJ, I, I feel like CJ doesn't give enough credit. I thought he was a little too cocky when he came out of Lehigh, but man, that guy's he's nasty. He's nice, man. Oh, he's nice, nice. And then with with Yosef Benukis, man, I think. He's got that chip on the shoulder. The fact that they went ahead and traded him from Denver for Jokic, mind you, good move on management's part. But I feel like he's just holding that. You're just saying, yeah, you guys want to get rid of me? Nah, a bad move. I, I think you should have found a way to keep me, and then we could we could have did something with that. And I think he's and he's been he's been doing well with that as well. It's just unfortunate that he had that gruesome injury. But I think Portland has the pieces. It's just unfortunate that uh, Zach Collins got got hurt. But because if he was playing the four, and then you have. Uh, Covington coming in maybe about at the three. Oh man, Portland would be dangerous, super dangerous. You know what? I would like to see them go on a nice run. It would be great to see. You know, personally, like that's why I, I kind of hope they stay in that fifth spot because it just sets them up better to go a little bit mm-hmm. further. You know what I mean? If they're going against Denver in the first round without the way Jokic is playing, has been amazing. But if you if you if you can go against them without Murray, because I think that Murray injury is going to catch up to them in the playoffs, obviously. 
And then, you know, you're going up against Utah in the second round. It's like it just sets up for a better opportunity to, you know what I mean, like to to, to make a, a deeper run. Whereas opposed to if you mm-hmm. land and you're playing, you know, um, the Clippers the first round, you know what I mean? And then it's like it just, you, like I think the Clippers is kind of like a, they're a bad matchup for them. So it's like I'm kind of hoping they avoid the Clippers as long as they could, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then, and then they go from there. But it would be nice if they can get that fourth seed. I sorry, that fifth seed, yeah. so they can play Denver. Like I think that would be a good that that would be great for them. Yeah. All right, but with that said, sir, look, man, thank you so much for for hopping on uh, the Av podcast. I appreciate having you on, brother. And um, the the one thing I'd like to add, um, you know, I know you, you're mentioning that you're you know you're you're a Northwester by heart. Um, with the Seattle Seahawks, uh, you know, I, I've been saying like the one way to to entice Russell Wilson to stay. Is by buying up all of Ciara's albums. Have you done that yet? <laughs> I tell you right now, yo, Ciara still bothers me, and I think she's a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me, Russell? Man, I remember him when he first came to the league. He talking about you know go Hawks and all this stuff. He still does and everything, but he was that that wholesome guy, and all of a sudden he just turned into Hollywood too. And I'm, I'm seeing remnants of a kind right now. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> but I will say this, though. I think he's done well by basically challenging management by saying, you know what, I've been asking you guys to protect me, to get in a, a legitimate O-line, and you haven't done it. So now I basically had to tell you, you know what, I want out. And I will give you the four or five teams that I want that may possibly give me that. And then basically put the Seattle management – with their backs against the wall, and they say, all right, fine, we'll give you O-line, at least something. And they, I feel like they put a couple pieces in there where it's not that bad. He's getting older anyways. It, it, it's, it's a little too late, but Russell, with his loyalty, I feel like he's willing to say, all right, we'll, 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 I'll give you that chance again. If you don't give me what I need, then by all means, I'll tell you right now, I'm out of here. My pull Aaron Rodgers on you. Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to stay. I think he's going to, at least for this season, I think he's going to stay. I feel sorry against him against some 49ers, though. So I hope he gets that. I hope he gets that online intact. You know, for his sake, I like him man. too. I like him too. But I, I hope he gets that online intact when they play in my squad. I'll tell you that right now. You might, you might want to hit that end button right now. I'm talking about these 49ers, man. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Av Podcast. Special shout-out goes out to Anthony Bachelor and Bill Gagne for coming on the AV to discuss the playing episode. We'll be back next week as we get into NBA playoff mode and break down the results of this tournament. Also, on May 28th, a new episode of The Stoop will be out on the South Sharav YouTube channel called Code of the Sneaks. This is for the sneakerheads. Uh, check it out once again on May 28th. There's more details to come, I promise you. And check out SouthSharav.com for all my podcast episodes. Once again, that's SouthShareAv.com. For Bill Gagne and Anthony Bachelor, this is Cal C. And you just tuned in to the Av Podcast on South Shirav Radio. Until next time, folks, peace. We out.